0: In a series now, typically for us, we get, we'll go through a book of the Bible. We get to this time of the year where there is Advent, and we'll start an Advent series. The thing is, this year Advent starts next Sunday. So today, I'm processing uh, just what we're going to think through, or as we work through this this week. Jared and I had a conversation, and there's this phrase that pops up for pastors: we can just look at a Psalm. The problem is the Psalms, and they can be a tad bit difficult. So with that in mind, I want us to open to Psalm 118, Psalm 118. I love getting to worship with you guys in our gathering and to hear your voices. There are moments for me where I will look around and I will see you engaged in worship, and I'm really grateful for that. And I'm encouraged to think that for us, we are singing things that align with what the Scriptures teach about the person of Jesus, the work of Jesus, the act of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the care of Jesus. There are moments where I look to the Scriptures and wonder, well, when Jesus sang, what did He sing? There are two verses in the Gospels that reference that Jesus sang. Uh, Both of those are a recounting of the same story. One from Matthew, one from Mark. It reads pretty simply, After singing a hymn, they went on to the Mount of Olives. But what would Jesus sing would be the question that we should ask. What, What were the songs that Jesus would lift up? It's so different now than it was when I was in high school or even college... I remember, and I'm assuming that some of you remember too, these things called cassette tapes. Anybody own a cassette tape in the room? Do you still have those as maybe placeholders or they they weight things down? When we moved from the cassette tape, they begat in the King James English the CD. And we have experienced CDs. We put things like bottles of water on that. There is this rush in the world to move back to those because, honestly, we are overwhelmed with music. Uh, For us, when you were listening to your cassettes or CDs, you had to listen to the whole thing to get to the songs that you wanted to hear. It was really hard to fast forward through a cassette without tearing it up. You would just have this wire running everywhere, this strand of ribbon. Uh, Music has come a long way since then. It is a different enterprise altogether. As a matter of fact, the numbers tell us that there are now, each week, between 45,000 and 50,000 songs that are added to digital playlists. So every week, nearly 50,000 new songs are put into the rotation. I'm not thinking that that's what the scriptures mean when they say, Sing a new song. Here's the thing about those songs. They are usually, oftentimes, bad. Now, when I say bad, I mean there are some that are explicitly bad. They would have the E in the lyrics. There are some of those that are tone-deaf bad. Uh, There are some that are incomprehensibly bad. And there is even a rush within our world to move back to things like vinyl, things like cassettes, things like discs. I don't know if this is really the answer for us because that seems like a, a step toward being Amish, and I'm not sure if that's for me. But when I look to songs and think about what songs are and why they mean what they mean, I'm considering things like this. When Jesus would sing, were, was there a set of songs that gave basis to that? And the answer, more than likely, is yes. Uh, when you look at Psalm 118, you're going to see some, some verses that we are very familiar with, and we'll read through it all in just a moment. But the most well-known verse in Psalm 118 is probably uh, verse 24. Psalm 118.24, 20, 18, it reads this. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we've sang that before. And all of us have, maybe as a child, you ran through that song. It's something that you had maybe motions to. We, we tend to think of this in the sense of a general truth. In reality, it is a general truth, but it is much much more. We should definitely celebrate every day that God gives us. We wake up, we inhale, we breathe, we have power at our house sometimes. <laughs> the thing is, this can be simultaneously a general truth and have a specific intent, and I don't want us to miss this. Uh, when you actually read the verse, it reads a little bit differently. It, it literally reads This is the day that Yahweh. Acted. That doesn't have the same bop banger to it. This is the day that Yahweh acted. It's a general, it is general in order to be used on any occasion to draw attention to a specific thing that God did. It, it's a combination of a past affirmation with the ongoing significance of what is actually happening. It's the reality of God invading our moments. The structure of, the, of what we see in Psalm 118 uh, shows us two things. One, what God has done, and the other is the response to what God has done. Our response of worship and exaltation and prayer. This part of the Psalm 118 is a, a piece of what's called the Hallel songs. 113 through 118, and these are songs of praise. It's where we get the word uh, Hallelujah. It's a combination of the word Hallel, which is praise, and the word Yahweh, which is God. It's the praise of God. And these psalms would be sang, 113 through 118, at various religious events. One, they would sing at Passover or Shavat, Every feast, every celebration, the people of Israel would sing together these psalms. I remember being at the, the wailing wall, watching as men were singing joyfully, moving from... Uh, really weeping to dancing, seeing full-grown men being thrown into the air. I did not ask to join them. They didn't look strong enough. But there's this laughter that's combined with the worship of the people of Israel, a unique thing to consider as New Testament Christians when you look and see there's a missing aspect of their worship and they have overlooked the Messiah. But when we read through Psalm 118, I want you join with me in verse uh, 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let Israel say, His faithful love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His faithful love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, His faithful love endures forever. I called to the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me, and He put me in a spacious place. The Lord is for me. And I will not be afraid. What can a mere mortal do to me? The Lord is my helper. Therefore, I will look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles. All the nations surround me in the name of the Lord. I destroyed them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me in the name of the Lord. I destroyed them. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They push me hard to make me fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and the Lord is my song. He has become my salvation. There are shouts of joy and victory in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. The Lord's right hand is raised. The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. I will not die, but I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but did not give me over to death. Open the gates of righteousness. Righteousness for me. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the Lord's gate. The righteous will enter through it. I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord... It is wondrous in our sight. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, save us. Lord, please grant us success. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is good and has given light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God. And I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures for ever. What would Jesus sing? Something like that. When you look to this, verses 1 through 14, talk to us. And we can really, if we're asking questions of the text, and we are wrestling with what the text teaches us, we can look at 1 through 14 and see... It falls under this question, what did God do? What did God do? Now you may say to yourself, well I've heard my entire life that we worship God not only for what he's done, but for who he is. And I would agree with you completely. The thing is, we can't forget, we don't don't get to see who God is if we don't know what he has done. God's action toward us invites us to see who he is. His action to move toward us in his condescension, in his incarnation, moves toward us so that we can be people who align ourselves with what he is done. Now, when you look to this text, you can know three things about it, just a few things about it. In verse 1, when it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. This would be something declared by a leader. It's a responsive reading of sorts. Jared doesn't just make up responsive readings in here. We're following what the Scriptures seem to be teaching, and when we look to these things, we notice there is a leader present here. It would maybe be the king of Israel. If there was no king in place, it would be Nehemiah or a worship leader. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and it is an invitation to active response of the people. And he goes on to say, let Israel say, "...his faithful love endures forever." Let the house of Aaron say, we've moved from just the the nation as a whole to the religious leaders. Let the house of Aaron say, his faithful love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his faithful love endures forever. You go from whole congregation to the religious leaders who are in their midst to those who are in awe of Yahweh. Ironically, New Testament Christians should intersect with all three. We are part of the people of God, priests in the sight of God because of the work of Jesus. And we should be living in awe of the Lord. We are a congregation of priests. Then you see David move because more than likely, if if I'm a gambling man, which I'm not, David wrote this psalm. But you see in verse 5, I called to the Lord in distress and the Lord answered me. The word distress does not quite convey what's actually happening there. It literally reads in the original language, I called to the Lord in my restriction. Well, David at one point was trapped in a cave. I called the Lord when I had nowhere to go. And he gave me a place to go. Well, how did God answer him? He put me in a spacious place. I called to the Lord when I was restricted and had nowhere to go. And the response of God was to give me a place to go that was pretty overwhelmingly great. The psalmist throughout the Psalms will will reference the secure places of Yahweh. One of those is to call it the spacious place. Another is a strong fortress. Another is the royal mountain or green pastures, quiet waters. This is where the Lord takes his people when they call to him in distress. This is where God demonstrates that he is God for us. A God of salvation, a God of hope, a God of deliverance. The, the Lord is for me and I will not be afraid. What can a mere mortal do? To me, I, I think this question that we see in verse 6 is one that we should ponder and consider more often than we do because, in reality, I can have fear in regard to mere mortals. And so can all of us in the room. We wonder what this person thinks, why this person thinks, why, why is this person happening to be doing what they're doing? What does this person really think of when they think of me? Do they think that I have any value? Do they think that I have any worth? Do they even consider that I matter to them? And we are seeking to find our identity in response to how others would seem to define our identity as opposed to who God has said, this is where your identity can be. The Lord is my helper, therefore I will look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles. Again, referencing the world in which they live where nobles are, is a representation of the foreign gods that would be a conflict and in conflict and in combat with Israel. And it is better to trust in our Yahweh who is unseen than these men who we do see who are worshiping gods that are not real. The Lord... It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles. Verse 10, all the nations surround me in the name of the Lord. I destroyed them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me in the name of the Lord. I destroyed them. When we look to 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, well, you can see the notion of David's deliverance from the people who surrounded him and how God gave him victory after victory after victory. Miraculous victory that would not have been won if not for the hand of God. They surrounded me like bees. I'm not very pro bee. I can see David's reference there. They were extinguished like a fire among thorns in the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. David is on the verge of death. And Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Yahweh sees in thirst. They pushed me hard to make me fall. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and the Lord is my song. He has become my salvation. This is all a declaration as to who God is. Who is this God and what has this God done? What did God do? And our response can be found in 15 through 29. Because of who God is and what God has done and what I can know about what God did because of what He has done, what am I and what are you supposed to do? There are shouts of joy and victory in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. The Lord's right hand is raised The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. This is a victory chant. It is a confession of praise to Yahweh for seeing his people through. There's a military tone as you reference the right hand. There's a legal aspect of that. This is the one who represents me. There's a military aspect of that. The one who stands at the right hand of the king is defending him properly. On top of that, the sword would be on the, the right hip. The Lord has declared judgment against his enemies and God is going to see that through. Verse 17, David says this, I will not die, but I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done. Now this sounds pretty bleak. The Bible talks a lot about dying. The Psalms talk a lot about dying. David's in caves and holes and worried about dying all of the time. The ability to declare God's goodness, however, is what's at stake. As he looks in the face of death, he, those who have deceived... When you look at this text, the ability to declare God's goodness is central to it. I want to live so that I can proclaim in this life and in this world all the good that God has done. Because those who have deceased live in this unique place of silence. And while we're here, we get to to declare to the world around us that this God who we've met with, that He has done things so that we can know Him and we are invited to respond to Him accordingly. Verse 18. The Lord disciplined me severely but did not give me over to death. Open the gates of righteousness for me. The gates of righteousness can easily read... Open the faithful gates to me. God, you have been consistently faithful from the beginning and you will be faithful to the end. You will see me through. I will enter through them, your faithful gates. And I will give thanks to the Lord. This is the Lord's gate. And the righteous will enter through it. I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and you've become my salvation. This psalm is overtly, intentionally messianic. Peter quotes it. Jesus is going to allude to it. You have become my salvation, verse 22. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone when he came to his own and his own would not receive him those who were attempting to build out what Israel should be did not accept Jesus for who he was and in their rejection of Christ Christ has made it possible for us to be accepted by him All of the church is built on the back of Jesus. This came from the Lord. It is wondrous in our sight. Verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that Yahweh acted. It's a Palm Sunday reference. It's what we get next. Verse 25, you hear this cry out, Lord, or, or Hosanna, save us. Lord, grant us success. Lord, save us in the midst of this. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. We picture Jesus in the triumphal entry coming in and the people throwing down ferns. In my head, they're ferns. Welcoming Jesus into their areas. Calling Jesus to be the leader of the world. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed from the house of the Lord. Bless you. Hosanna, God save us. 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 And the people of Israel are looking and they're, they're hoping to have a Messiah there. Yet in days they will reject him. Verse 27. The Lord is God and the Lord has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. The horns of the altar are... A few things when you look through the scriptures. They're a place of refuge for the people of Israel. They're a place of refuge. The people of Israel would know that they were a place of refuge. They were a place where one would go who was guilty to be declared innocent. Finally, they're a place of sacrifice... One Old Testament commentator says this, The leader and the people bring a thank offering to give concrete expression to the thanksgiving for what God has done. So the festival offering is to be bound by ropes and taken to the altar for sacrifice. The plea for God now to deliver and grant success reflects the awareness that a particular act of deliverance is never the last one you will need and is often only a stage in God's granting you real safety and security. So the people that are calling out, Hosanna, God save us, that is being uh, foreshadowed in this psalm, without knowing as they shout, Hosanna, they have celebrated the Lord's preeminent cornerstone sacrifice who will be bound to a cross. Because what we see in the Scriptures is this, Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. And in the sacrifice of Christ, here's what happens for each one of us who come to Him. We find refuge, we are declared innocent. That's what God offers us as a people. 28, you are my God and I will give thanks. You are my God, I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful or steadfast love, it endures forever. This brings us back to our original question. What would Jesus sing? Bracelets in the 90s. Remember, the leader... initiates the response of the people and when we see that Jesus would sing in Matthew chapter and Mark that singing is part of a meal it's part of a meal that we remember as a church each week It's a meal of gratitude, it's a meal of sacrifice, it's a meal of consideration. It's a meal that these Jewish men have taken over and over and over and over and over. Not only them, but their fathers, their mothers, their grandfathers, their grandmothers. It's a meal of the story of their people. It's a meal that goes back to the day that Yahweh acted to deliver the people of Israel from the nation of Egypt. It's a meal that is referencing that, but foreshadowing something greater. As they were eating, he took the bread. He blessed it and he broke it. He gave it to them and said, Take eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is the blood, my blood, of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. After singing, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So they from everything that we know about the people of Israel and their rhythms and their structures are taking what we call the Passover meal and in each Passover meal you will sing various psalms these Hallel songs, these hallelujah psalms to Yahweh that allude to all that he has done and it directly refers to who Jesus is when they would interact with Jesus, they would call him Rabbi. He also had a name, and they would know his name. It wasn't a hidden thing. His name is Jesus. Well, Dutch yeah, we know that. His name in the original lang- in the Hebrew language is Yeshua, which means salvation. So these Jewish men who have taken this meal over and over and over and have said, verses 14 and 21, over and over and over and have considered the horns of the altar where sacrifice will be laid out over and over and over. They will get to Psalm 118 and they will sing it because they have sang it over and over and over and it's part of the way that they consider all that God is and how good he is and all that God has done and what they should do in response and they will be singing a song where they get to verse 14 and they say the Lord is my strength and my salvation and my song he has become my salvation and right there in their midst what they are singing about is who they are singing with The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my Yeshua. He has become my Jesus. You keep moving and you see in verse 21, I will give thanks to the Lord because you have answered me and you have become my salvation. You are my Jesus. The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord is my Jesus. I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and you've become my Jesus. Their act of gratitude in response of what to what God has done and all that God is doing is to sing his name over and over and over because you are to give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever to give thanks includes your voices it includes active response today as a group of people who gather together around the crucified resurrected savior of the world i hope and pray that we will give thanks to the lord because he is good and his faithful love is enduring even now into forever for us because this lord is our salvation This Lord is our Jesus who has met with us through what he has done to show us who he really is. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for a day like today. That we get to focus on gratitude for just a moment. It's unique in our calendar year not to be moving to Advent right now. That we get to wait on the waiting. Father, for the believers in this room, would we not simply go through the routine of, of meeting with you in song and meeting with you at the table, but would that routine engrave itself on our souls so that we consider that we are thanking you for being faithful to us forever and ever and ever on top of forever. Would we sing to you Jesus who has met with us who loves us who is for us. Father if there are any in this room who do not believe I pray that you would call him or her to yourself and save them from their sin because we can't do it God for the believers in this room would you encourage them as they meet with you at the table with all of their sin and all of their brokenness will we wrestle with the truth that you're whole and you make us whole God I pray that your word will uh, reverberate in our hearts this week That we're to give thanks to you because you're good. And that we would see ourselves as a people invited to the place of response. Active vocal response. We ask all this in Jesus' name. As we come to the table in a moment, I just want to say a couple of things. One, if you're a believer in this room, if you're a member of Grace or not, if you're a believer in this room, you are welcome at the table and want you to take of the table with us to celebrate that Jesus is your faithful one who endures forever if you're not a believer in Christ rather than going to the table why don't you meet me in the back right hand corner if you have questions about any of this if you're not a believer I just I would ask you politely and, and as kindly as I can to abstain from coming to the table because this is what we do to celebrate the unity that we have because of the broken body and shed blood of Jesus and honestly it won't mean anything to you it's a cracker and juice outside of being a follower of Jesus so let's think through that today would you